Section 54 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Larry Wilson. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Segur. Lazarus and the Rich Man There are still to be seen at Jerusalem the ruins of a splendid house, which tradition relates to have been that of the rich man of the gospel. For some believe that this celebrated parable was not a simple allegory made use of by our Lord for the teaching of a truth, but the real history of men who had existed. However that may be, let us carefully consider the divine words, and derive from them instruction. There was a certain rich man, said our Lord one day, to his disciples, and the Jews gathered round him. It is indeed no sin to be rich, and often it is a great grace from God. What good may not be done with riches? And how many of the poor and unfortunate have reason to thank heaven for having bestowed fortunes upon those who have charitable hearts, and are ever ready to assist them? At the same time, we must reflect upon these words of our Saviour, since he never uttered useless words. Therefore, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen. Here we have a most serious fact, and one which indicates the first danger of riches. It is no evil to be rich, but it is a danger to those who have not the true Christian spirit and a compassionate heart and it is easier for a rich man to become proud and egotistical than it is for a poor man. The rich man feasted sumptuously every day. This is the second danger of riches when not counterbalanced by piety, sensuality, voluptuousness, and love of pleasure. Indeed, experience proves that it is infinitely less difficult to resign oneself to privations than to restrain oneself in the midst of enjoyment. Such was the life of this rich man, entirely filled with feasting, amusement, and all those pleasures which the world regards as perfectly innocent. According to human judgment, he was a happy man. It also appears that he led what is socially considered a blameless life, for we do not read in the gospel of any wrong that he had done. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who lay at his gate, full of sores, desiring to be filled with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, and no one did give him. The rich man did not refuse him. He simply forgot the beggar. And the dogs, more pitiful than the man of pleasure, seemed to furnish the lesson he needed. For gathering round poor Lazarus, they licked his wounds. And thus these two lives passed for one worldly pleasures and the indifference born of prosperity and ease, for the other suffering, poverty, patience, and resignation. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, that is to say, to paradise, to the eternal dwelling of the just, to the true home of the children of God. He had apparently done nothing extraordinary to merit so great a reward, but the judgments of God are happily very different to the judgments of men, and poor Lazarus had done much by suffering with patience 
and by humbling himself meekly beneath the hand of God. And the rich man also died, and added the Christ, he was buried in hell. What unexpected words! And why so terrible a punishment? Is it then a crime to be rich? No, but a danger, and one which this man had failed to escape. Instead of being the father of the poor, and going about doing good after the example of our divine Lord, he had been wholly occupied with himself. He had lived a life of selfish ease, and had floated down the current which is ever rushing onwards to the fathomless ocean of unutterable despair. And lifting up his eyes when he was in torments, he saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said to him, Son, remember that thou didst receive good things in thy lifetime, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And here the poor who love God may find consolation, and the rich who do not love him may see just cause for fear. We do not simply say the poor and the rich, but the poor who love God, and the rich who love him not. It is a matter of indifference to God whether we are poor or rich, but our Heavenly Father is by no means indifferent to the disposition of heart with which we support the trial of poverty, or the still greater trial, perhaps, of riches. It is better to be poor and holy than rich and holy, because poverty renders us more like to Jesus Christ, the model of all the elect. But it is infinitely better to be rich and holy than poor and sinful. And our Lord himself declares in the gospel that it is not riches, but the abuse of riches which excludes us from the kingdom of God. Dear children of God who are poor, even as our blessed Lord was poor, seek consolation in the certain hope of happiness to come. Suffer with patience and with Christian fortitude the sorrows of this present life, and like unto the poor and holy Lazarus, do not murmur, but bear your cross with love. End of section 54